0: It's time for the Hammer Down show with Jared Jessolitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. And uh, yeah, they went ahead and they just decided to kick off that series with the uh, Orioles here today. So, and Amaya just went yard. one nothing Cubbies here in the bottom of the third. Over the left field wall. Let's get into it. It's need to know news. Here's your need to know news. Yeah, Let's go ahead and start with those Cubs who yesterday 7-2. They get the sweep. Look at that. They did it. Stroman, six innings, 5Ks. Both. Runs earned charge to him. Uh, Cub struck out 11 times, but still put up 12 hits. Hap is so hot right now. 3 for 5, 2 runs, 2 RBIs, and a triple in that series. He finished the series 5 in 12, 5 runs, a homer, and 8 RBIs in 3 games. Morello went 3 for 3 as well with a couple of RBIs. Uh, Like I said, the game against Baltimore is currently underway. And thanks to that homer, it is now 1-0 here in the bottom of the third. The professor on the mound today. Henderson's got three innings, one hit, just one strikeout. Already up to 51 pitches, though, through those three innings. And that's the one lone hit in the game so far. I'm sorry, there's two hits. Um, One for Baltimore, but then that was Chicago's first hit as well. All right, uh, the White Sox fell 5-4 in their rubber match with the Dodgers. Dylan Cease strikes out 10. We told you, he can go crazy, man. He can go off. But Sox can't put it all together. Uh, They lose in extras here. Uh, two earned, by the way, charge Decease. Um, he walked three. Aloy, uh, Luis Robert Jr., Vaughn, all homer. Luis now with homers in three of his last four. He's up to 17 on the season. Poor Garrett uh, Crochet, man. He has to take the L in the 11th inning for the White Sox. Didn't even give up an earned run. That sucks, man. Uh, they're going to head up the coast to Seattle for another late one tonight. Kopech taking on Woo. Well, it was not a great opening round for Adam Schenck. He shot 75. Not where you want to be. And today it went slightly better, but it doesn't look like it's going as well as he would hope for it. He is even today. He was up like, I think, three over at one point. He's down to even. That puts him at plus five right now through 15 holes. He started on the back nine, three bogeys, two birdies. Now on the front nine he's got two birdies with three holes left to go. The projected cut is plus one. It might have dropped did it drop down to two yet? No, it's still at one. Either way, uh not looking tremendous right now for him. And making that cut, unfortunately. Purdue recruit Miles Colvin makes the final cut for USA's U-19 squad. Tad Boyle from Colorado, the head coach of it this year. Mike Boynton Jr. from Oklahoma State also on the staff, as well as Leon Rice from Boise State. The U.S. will square off in Turkey with Madagascar and Slovenia on June 24th and 25th. And then they'll conclude pool play against Lebanon, uh, the the country, not not the town of Lebanon, uh, June 27th. Come on. Uh, past boilers to make the team include Caleb First, Jaden Ivey, Travian Williams, Carson Edwards, Biggie Swanigan. Uh I saw a thing. It was like, it's this is six since 2015, and nobody else has come anywhere close to that uh, amount of uh, commits being on the squad. As uh, Dansby Swanson has gone yard. I'm just looking up and seeing that. Cubs stacking on the hits here. The 2023 InterMat recruiting class rankings have been released, and the Boiler Wrestling squad takes number 13 on the national list. The 13th-ranked class in the nation gives Coach Tony Ursland his sixth top 25 recruiting class since taking over the helm of Purdue Wrestling, and the third time having at least a uh, at least four top 200 recruits. Boy, the makers are one of just seven schools to have at least two top 30 signees. It's the highest Internet has ranked Purdue's class since 2016. I tweeted this, and I wholeheartedly mean it, and I'm part of the problem. We do not uh, appreciate what Coach Ursuline has been doing with Purdue Wrestling. I feel like that's a program that is just ready to burst onto the scene. I need to do a better job. That's all I got to say. But he's amazing, man. Anytime we've had him on the show, absolute just fire, man. Like, I'm ready to run through brick walls after talking with him. I feel the same way talking with Dave Shondell, Katie Gerald's, Coach Hursland should be in the conversation. There we go. Did the Cubs just hit another home run? It's probably half, isn't it? No, Morrell just homered. My goodness. Three solos here in the bottom of the third for the Cubs. I'm a little surprised we haven't gotten a half homer yet. Dude's been on fire. All right, so uh, we're ready to get uh, back at it as we always do. Let's get us some good picks. How did we do last night? I know the Reynolds one didn't hit. I gave you three hits, runs, RBIs, guys. I think we hit two out of three last night. I think it's about what we're at. So I want to do it again here tonight. Um, I feel like we've got a couple of spots here where the line came out low, and it has moved us up one, and I I think we could still benefit from this. So the first one that I was taking a look at here, Zach Gallen, over 5.5 strikeouts. Now, he opened at 4.5, now we're at plus 125 at 5.5. How do we feel about that? He has covered in every home game this year that number. 16 of 22 home games over the last two years he's covered this mark. Cleveland, are they a big strikeout team? They are not. I think they have the second fewest strikeouts in the league. They tend to make contact. But I'm willing here to uh, roll the dice on Gallen, who has done this to teams like, you know, Texas is very good. Atlanta is very good. Like, he's done this against... Fairly solid teams. So I am inclined, even though that it's gone up here, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice a little bit. And I'll see if we can take him here. If you don't like that, and, and I don't blame you if you think, oh, geez, now we're at the five and a half, I got to get six. I don't know about that here. Cool. All right. If you don't like that, Go ahead and take him under two and a half earned runs, Cleveland 26, and expected runs created against righties. Not bad. Not bad at all with that. So I think you can take advantage of Gallen. I'll tell you this, RBIs off of righties this year, Cleveland is third worst in the league just behind Kansas City and Washington. So maybe that's a little bit more up your alley. Uh, You're not going to get plus 125 like you are uh, on the over 5.5 there. But you take them under the 2.5, and that's even money. So you got that going for you. Uh, Here's another one, too. Another guy where it comes out early, but they bumped it up, essentially. Uh, The hits runs in RBI market, which you know I love. Shohei Otane has hit in seven straight. Over two and a half hits runs in RBIs. Normally, the average mark is one and a half. We're not a problem with that. Two and a half, though, for Shohei. But he still covered it in the last seven. Going up against Singer, who is giving up 318 to lefties. Shohei's got a 12-game hit streak going, a 7-game run streak going, 8 RBIs in his last 3 games. He's also homered in 6 of his last 10. You homer, you've got Yahtzee already. That's what I love about the hits, runs, and RBIs, which I believe is only available with our friends over on DraftKings. But I'm a big fan of that market. You're going up against Singer, who is not great. 658 ERA. Royal Stink. They're on a huge losing streak. Joe Hayes, the best player in baseball right now. I mean, the hitting numbers are just insane for him. He's hitting 426 this month. He's been at bat 54 times. He's hitting 426 in the month of June. Absolutely insane numbers. I'll ride with him tonight. So we're on Shohei over two and a half hits, runs, RBIs tonight. And then pick your poison on Gallon. If you like a little more risk, take the over five and a half Ks. If you want something a little safer, take even money under two and a half Ks. Earned runs. I think we put together some winners here for you tonight. I don't have any straight up, what I would say, good matchups tonight, uh, just teams-wise. I didn't have time to go through overs and unders today. Um, But, I mean, looking for some value tonight. I I didn't think the Cardinals on the road at the Mets was a, a terrible value for you, minus uh, 115. I think they should be the favorites in that one, and that's not too bad. Um, I'll, I'll take the Red Sox tonight, take it on Domingo German. I'll fade that dude any chance that I get. I mean, Atlanta's a no-brainer, but you're paying minus 240, 250. Uh, was there anybody else? I mean, I think the Angels beating Kansas City is pretty good at minus 145. That's not bad for you. I don't think I said, I'm, I'm looking, there's nothing else where I'm like, really, this is great. Like Oakland's one of those teams where you can still get in the plus. And Tajon Walker is not great, but I still think that's another, that's almost a coin flip kind of game. That might be Oakland might be good if you're going to get into uh DraftKings to take that up two run early win. Is not a bad one to do there. I think the Diamondbacks are um, a little overvalued tonight, even though I do like Gallon against Tristan McKenzie. I think it's going to be a lower scoring affair. McClenahan is on the mound against San Diego, against you Darvish. I really like McClellanahan. Boy. That's, uh, that's a tough matchup there. And then Kopech, I'll tell you what, a lot of people telling me to take Kopech and uh, his over six and a half on the strikeouts. He still scares me, man, because he's given up a lot of homers. So Seattle is fifth in the last 14 games, uh, last 14 days, versus right-handed pitching. They're third worst in the last 30 days against right-handed pitching. Kopech has hit uh, this mark in four of his last five starts, and he now has a 29% K rate so far for the year. Seven for Kopech, man. But he's put up some big numbers in that category. Like, he may have given up some bombs, 15 of them. And you see the ERA, and you see the win-loss, you go, I don't know. But, I mean, his you're looking to get what did we say, seven out of him? And he's gone 6, 9, 10, 9, 10 uh, in his last five games. So I don't know, maybe that's another one you want to look in. I'm sticking with what I got. I'll probably just, I'll take the gallon under two and a half and then the Otani over two and a half of the hits, runs, RBIs. I'm going to play it a little bit safe here. Although I'm not going to be surprised if Gallon throws like nine strikeouts. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. Is there trouble in the Bears organization with a specific player allegedly having some issues? We'll talk about it. That's next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer. One on one. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Always reach out via the Hammerhead text line at 765 447 4080. at 765 447 4080. Okay. So, a new report out here. And by I say report, somebody, uh, Mark Silverman of ESPN 1000's Waddle and Sylvie, said that the Bears are not happy with Chase Claypool. Quote, all I can tell you is that it isn't trending in a way that the Bears have wanted it to trend in this offseason. I have heard from a few people inside that building that he's not somebody who is very self-motivated. There's a long way to go. Chase Claypool can change the narrative. Oh boy, here we go. Now, as a Steelers fan, who watched this guy come up for a couple of years and then got traded for that second round pick which turned out to be what pick number 32 like somebody forfeited a first rounder I thought to myself um yes I was okay with that Chase, I, I always found Chase Claypool to be a guy that seemed like he had the talent, that he wanted to be a physical kind of guy. But he had a couple incidences in a sealer uniform that made me kind of kinda of pause a little bit. There was an incident when they were getting whooped on by It was Cincinnati, right? It was Cincinnati or Cleveland. And they were out there trying to run offense, and he was just basically taking cheap shots at corners and getting into a fight. It made me pause a little bit. I know a lot of people in the the Pittsburgh sports media that covered him were always concerned about his relationship with Juju Smith-Schuster because Juju was very much focused on the brand side of things, you know, the TikToks and all that. And a lot of a lot of answers were more than happy to see him go. That he was more of a brand first kind of guy before anything else, you know, worrying about content as opposed to worrying about getting better. And those two seem to have a kind of close relationship, and some of that seemed to be rubbing off on Chase. There was, at one point, I believe, an article kind of insinuating that he was a bit of a diva. On top of that, like I just, I saw some flashes of greatness from the young man, but I saw some of that diva-like mentality too. It it wasn't very pleasing. So when we got the second-round pick for him, I thought, hey. Seems fair. You are giving up a guy with a lot of potential and a couple more years of control. But I didn't see this thing really trending in the direction. He did not take that step forward year one to year two like you wanted to. He cranked out about the same production numbers and targets, yards, average, Just goes from nine to two TDs. Eight games in before that trade, it's one touchdown in eight games. Three hundred eleven yards. The average per catch was down to nine point seven. I understand, you know, it's it's into a rebuild there, but there's always something that like I, I read this stuff from Sylvie, and I think to myself, this kind of lines up with what the perception was starting to be in Pittsburgh before he came over. Now, you can always change snare narrative if you really want to. 100% you can. I believe he has all the tools to be an excellent physical wide receiver. I think he's a, a very good blocker. And with somebody as mobile as Justin Fields is, I think he can be a tremendous asset for you. But the things that are alleged here are not good signs. They don't sound like the guy that you were hoping would come in, put in the extra work to really want to be great. Now, all this is alleged on a radio show. How much of it is really true? I don't know. I'm just telling you from what I know from the past, this somewhat lines up. Now, if he comes out here and, you know, he puts up five touchdowns in the first seven games, something like that, everybody shuts up. Nobody remembers this. And he changes that narrative. I mean, if you know anything about the NFL, you know that, especially the wide receiver position, coaches and teams will put up with a lot of behavior if you are producing. Look at Antonio Brown. Is there a limit? Absolutely, there's a limit, but you got to go out there and produce. I would expect now with a full offseason, to prepare, learn the playbook and get into things those numbers should come back up. They should. Get a more of a rapport with Justin Fields. You know, you're more comfortable with the cadences, with the flow of things with the coaching staff. You're on this should be on the same page with them. But the thing is here now, there is no more excuses. You're already going into this season now a little handicapped, so to speak, a little little handcuffed, because they've raised because of something like this. The bar has now been raised in the eyes of fans for you to be able to produce. And in the first sign of trouble, they will, they will start to throw you under the bus if you aren't producing those first four games. The fans will jump all over them. Packers, Bucks, Chiefs, Broncos. Now, granted, the next four are a whole lot more appealing in the Commanders, Vikings, Raiders, and Chargers. But you got to have a solid foundation here to build off that. You quiet down that noise because we're going to start talking contracts soon. Right, we're going into year four. And we know teams want to exercise that fifth-year option, but you're going to start negotiating a little bit here. They're trying to plan for the long term. So he's got to come out and do something here. I hope it's not true. I'm not rooting for it to be true. I was hoping that a fresh start for him, it seemed like that was going to be a better thing, a fresh start, new system. He's a Notre Dame guy. You know, the people from the area should love him. But oh, this doesn't bode well early. Let's we'll see what happens in camp, though. I'm not going to write him completely off, call him a diva, say he's uh, a, he's a terrible pick. I'm just telling you what the people up there or in Hal's Hall have to say. And that's what they're saying. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back. Hey, more Hammer Down show next on. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hammerdown Show, 1017theHammer, 1017 Um. So, like, right before I went on the air, I saw this. That the Pacers were allegedly looking to uh, get out of the number 7 pick, according to ESPN, trying to get out there and find a wing player. Which you know, they went after Nobi before the trade deadline didn't get him. So is he back on back on the market here? The NBA is so difficult for me to read. Like I can't it is so hard to assess value, it's like the polar opposite of the NFL. Where you'll see a vet that's maybe been in for eight, nine years get traded, and you're like, it's a six-round pick, and you're like, that's it? You do that? That's crazy. You know, you see, like, running backs get thrown around like free candy sometimes. Meanwhile, you'll get somebody in the NBA that's clearly overstayed their welcome, has been there for, like, 17 years, and is somehow still making, like, $40 million a year, and then get traded for, like, a second-round pick. Or like, I... I it's it's tough, and when you say Indiana's aggressively uh, pursuing, they're motivated. What exactly does that mean? Who's on? Who is on the board then uh, for the Pacers? Because right now, if you're looking for. I can't think of a premier wing player that is or should be on the board. Depending on who you want to put up as collateral here. I don't know if they get it. And it would be the most Paces thing ever for Paces fans. You finally get, I mean, what? when's the last time you got to uh, pick that low? I mean, it just feels like it's been forever since you've been in single digits to maybe even come close to getting somebody. I shouldn't say that. What you got... Uh, uh, but third and back at the sixth pick, right? But still, what'd you do the year before that? Thirteenth, eighteenth, uh, 18th, twenty-third, eighteenth, twentieth. Got Miles Turner with the eleventh. You just always end up back there, not able to get anybody. That's gonna make a difference for you. Admittedly, the NBA is probably my my blind spot. Like it's just it's so different from what the you know the game is in the NCAA level and how they evaluate talent, what's important. It, it just it's completely. I I don't have the best read on it. I couldn't tell you, but I could tell you this. I don't think that there's a whole lot of great wing players that you want to get aggressive. about. Maybe one or two, but it's going to require you giving up stuff. Now whether Giving up draft picks is beneficial for the Pacers. And like I said, it's uh, you get one, two guys a year, maybe one of those guys sticks for you. Maybe. But that report is out there. You couple that with the uh, reports about Levine, too, being shopped around. And maybe this might just become a little bit more of an active NBA drafted off season uh, than we were prepared for. I love drafts, man. It's it's always full of intrigue. This is usually, but the NBA usually is somewhat straightforward. The NFL's got all those great like. Last second, hey, we're moving up. We're we're doing something trades. I love those. The NHL can do that, but the, the NHL draft is just not a. It's not a big thing that you tune in for. It's just not. It's probably the quietest of the major uh, sports league drafts. Nah, I should not say that baseball is right. The baseball. You you don't even know when the baseball draft is, do you? That thing goes off without a win. and there's. 90 rounds of that thing. Plus, if you're a Blackhawks fan, you're tuning in, you're watching yourself get better for the first pick, you're congratulating yourself, you're going back to whatever else you were doing. But we still got days here, and it doesn't necessarily mean that if the Pacers don't trade out of that, they still can't get themselves a uh, a good wing player. But it's on the shopping list. Question is, what are they willing to give up to get that player with a draft just six days away. And the longer it takes to to make this move out of seven, I think the lower your value becomes. Become a little bit more desperate and desperate. What's the fallback at seven? I don't know. But like I said, we'll see. Pacers usually don't have a top 10 pick. Here they are in back-to-back years with top 10 picks. I don't know if you can get a franchise-altering player at 7. And I don't think anybody in the top 3 or 4 that can get one of those players is willing to trade back with you. All right, we're going to take our final break. And then when we come back, uh, things we may have missed. We wrap up the Amberdown Show on one of <laughs> Hey, welcome back in the Hammer Down Show. 1017 the Hammer, 1017 to uh Baltimore has scored uh, a run in the fourth and fifth innings here. We're in the bottom of the fifth. Cubs still lead three to two. Two on, two outs, and Suzuki up he's uh, 0 for two on the day. Line out and a strikeout, but uh he's been good as your cleanup hitter this year. And there he goes with a deep drive to center. It ain't going to have the distance, unfortunately, though. And that'll be out number 3. Two stranded on the base paths for the Cubbies. All right. All right, let's get some things uh, that we may have missed. Best of luck tomorrow. It's uh, Central Catholic Baseball down at Victory Field. Uh, they're going to take on Bar Reef as they try to go back-to-back as champions in IHSA's 1A baseball tournament. Best of luck to uh, Coach Bournet. We had him on earlier in the week. You can stream that online. You can also head on down to Victory Field and cheer them on. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And then that uh, is, that should wrap up high school sports for the year. And we're going to a month and a half off, and then we'll be in the middle of August, and it'll be football season all over again. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for football season. I 100% love the outrage online for this. And I'll tell you, we need outrage over this. I understand that there has been a boom in tipping culture that a lot of people now ask for them when you go and get some kind of services that you traditionally have not tipped. But uh, this has gone viral here. This self-checkout asking for a tip. Excuse me? You You replace somebody's job with technology and then I don't even know what aisle the audacity is in. That you found to ask me to tip a self-check. I'm doing the work. This is in the Newark airport. I am doing the work here. I went in. I picked what I wanted. I carried the front. I scanned it. I am doing the payment. And then you want a tip? Who's getting that tip? This is absolutely absurd. We have to fix this as a nation, by the way. 100% 100 percent we have to fix this as a nation because apparently no longer is it just you know your waiter waitress, bartender, guy that helps your bags, uh, your taxi truck these are the people that you know you used to tip. Now I feel like just about everybody wants one. like you're not getting paid like a, a tipping wage. Don't you get paid a good, decent, normal wage? we got to figure this out as a nation. Because otherwise, I'm going to just start going back to cash. Maybe that's the problem. I just need to go back to cash. You pay with cash, nobody ever asks you for a tip, do they? It never happens. So maybe I need to go back to doing that. Uh, and finally, I want to say Happy Father's Day to uh, all the fathers out there. ones that worked hard uh, with the kids. You've gone to the T-ball games, the dance recitals. You've tried to figure out that homework. You've hastily tried to put together dinner because uh, your significant other is not going to be home in time tonight to do it. You never thought you were going to be able to change those diapers and, and figure out the feeding schedules, but you did. You did. Salute to you guys. Salute to you stepfathers out there. Salute to you fathers who adopted. You know, I got two myself. Salute to Allians. And if you still have, you're lucky enough to have your father around, enjoy this weekend. I am not lucky enough to have that. He passed away in 09 for me. I miss him all the time. But I'll also tell you this, too. If you feel like you're in a position where maybe you haven't talked in a while, things may be awkward, you left some things unresolved, talk this weekend. Give the big guy a call. If you're on good terms, and you're going to see him anyway, make sure you tell him how much you appreciate him. You know, he's been a coach, He's helped walk you through those tough moments in life. He's taught you. He's trying to keep you out of trouble, but you're a rascal, I know. You're still going to get into some kind of trouble every now and then. But appreciate the big guy this weekend, all right? Give him a hug. If you can't do that, give him a phone call. Make sure you do that. I'm sure you're going to be on it on Sunday. But a salute to all the fathers that do listen. I'm able to meet so many great ones here when we go out and we do events, especially the high school stuff. Because he's so proud of you and what you've been able to do. I promise you that. He supports you. He loves you. Take care of him this weekend, all right? Doesn't even have to be a big thing. I hope you guys enjoy your Father's Day. If you are a dad, I hope you're able to enjoy it too with your kids, grandkids. But yeah, I do want to throw out uh, one more big salute to you guys. You guys are incredible. Keep up the good work, all right? That does it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Man, I was really hoping on Monday we'd be able to talk about uh, Adam Shank's performance at the U.S. Open, but doesn't look like he's going to make the cut, unfortunately, which is uh, a little bit of a bummer. But I'm sure we'll have plenty off of the weekend here to discuss as well. We're back Monday, three o'clock, talking local sports back here on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7. The-